This is the Spirit Duels Podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Spirit Duels Podcast. We are in the second week of the Kickstarter campaign. One week is down, and we've made some progress. I'm here with Daniel, of course, and Daniel, update us on said progress. Where are we at? What's going on? Dude, we are so close. <laughs> We're. I'm looking at it right now. We're literally... 97% funded. <laughs> 97% in just over a week. Yeah. Well, hot dang. Yeah, I know, man. It's like, just, I don't know. It, it's hard to even put into words what that means to me. Um, it's kind of a bit surreal. So, I mean, yeah, we're less than $500 away. I'm going to be honest with you. I was a little nervous as well when we were when we were going into it. Like, <laughs> like I don't know why, but but I think you were nervous, and it made me feel nervous for a second. Yeah. And then I was like, <gasps> but then like yeah. as soon as you, I think you gave me the update that it was at the seventy something mark, like within under a week, and I was like, okay, this is gonna be <laughs> fine. <laughs> yeah, dude. I yeah, it's just like it's been such a roller coaster of emotions just to be a little transparent with everybody like it's ever since i hit that launch button on kickstarter it's just been like you know at one minute i'll be thinking like yeah you know we're doing great we're on the way to funding and then the next minute i'm like oh my god like are we gonna make it and you know when when we passed the 50 percent mark i i started getting i started feeling a lot more you know confident and now mm -hmm. with literally three percent left to go uh i think it's safe to say <laughs> we made it <laughs> yeah i think so so congratulations brother i'm i'm glad that i've been on this journey with you a much shorter time than you've been on it but i feel a part of it and i no, I've, I've enjoyed man. the road to get here as well as getting to play the game yeah so speaking of playing spirituals today we're actually bringing you an episode that is going over some strategy tips for those of you who are listening and wanting to get into the game, which if you're currently playing the demo, you're not actually going to get to see or not really see, but experience this part of it. But it's good to have this knowledge. And as you play, you may understand some of these considerations that would go into the selection process of your spirits. So I just I approached Daniel this week with the idea of doing a strategy on how to pick your spirits once you've drafted your classes. So you have three classes in front of you. You may have drafted them because you like their abilities that they have as a class. It may have a particular spirit that you're like, oh, this looks so cool. I want to choose that spirit in this class. There's various things that could go into choosing a class. Maybe it's because you're countering something your opponent's doing. But at the end of the day, there's some considerations that need to be made when choosing your individual spirits. And they really come down to the spirit's stats. So what I mean by that is what's its damage stat, what's its magic stat, and what's its money-making stat? Its essence. Is that correct, Daniel? Yep. Yep. So I call it the money-making stat because it's, <laughs> it's how I look at it. The, the and the reason why stat. these... The what? The get paid stat. Yeah, the get paid stat. <laughs> the pass, go, collect money stat. Um, <laughs> so the reason why you need to consider these when you're drafting your team is because if you don't consider at least two of the three when choosing, 
you could find yourself lacking when you're playing the game. And what I mean by that is the the best way to represent this is if you don't consider having money and gaining essence, rolling that green dice, what could happen is you could get into a position where the only way you're generating money and that essence, I keep saying money, I'm going to try and say essence, use the terminology. Um, <laughs> the only way you're gaining essence is at the start of the round. And that's a slow process. It's not going to get you where you need to go over time. And that's going to lead you to not be able to play cards as much as you would like, because some cards cost essence. Some There are some that do not, which is a really great part of this game. And then also, you're not going to be able to evolve and advance yourself in another way. So it's it's all important aspects in the game, but you have to have a money consideration to some extent when you're playing. That is my personal philosophy. I find if I prioritize money, I find the rest of the game flows a lot more easily. Daniel, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, your stats are such an important part um, when when selecting the spirits for your team, and um, especially Essence. Um, it's a huge deal. Evolving is so important. Being able to play and play cards is so important. Now, of course, you know, each spirit has, you know, four or two copies of its two special cards that are added into your deck when you choose those spirits. So, like, say, for example, if we're looking at Tai Chop, you know, Tai Chop has a zero essence stat. He, he, and that pretty much stays throughout his evolution stages. So, Tai Chop has zero essence, Tai Nagma has zero essence, and Magmaros has zero ex- essence. So because that spirit line doesn't generate a lot of essence, their special cards are cheap. They're, they're, they're either zero or one. And in fact, so fire breathing is one of their special cards. It costs zero. And then uh, incinerate is their second special card. And it only costs one. So I, I bring that up because normally a, a spirit's special cards, they're, they're costed in reference to how much essence they bring to your team. So uh, in other words, if you have a spirit who doesn't generate a lot of essence, their special cards are going to be cheap. Whereas if you have a spirit like Lumi who generates a lot of essence, their special cards are going to be more expensive. Um, And so I, you know, I kind of bring up that point just to say like the spirits are designed to, to work well with their own cards but one thing that's concrete throughout is evolution, right? So regardless yes. of if, if Tai Chomp's cards are cheap, he still costs two Essence to evolve into Tai Nagma and three Essence to evolve into Magmaros. And like you were saying, like if, you're, if you have a team full of three spirits that don't generate a lot of Essence, you're going to be kind of struggling to really ramp up and, and see your numbers go up across, you know, throughout the match. Totally. I mean, I personally always get a spirit that will generate two essence. And that doesn't necessarily mean that the stage one needs to generate two essence. I I find the best way to look at the stats is to actually look at their stage two evolution. That is the best representation of what you're looking for because you can do an opening play in the game of evolving one of your spirits to that stage two. And that's mm-hmm. my, I think, my most common strategy. And I usually look to do it on a spirit that has 
a nice essence because then I can look to recoup that spent essence right away. Find something that has two. That's my my opening strategy that I really like, and I find it kind of sets up a nice pace and tone for your yourself moving forward. Sure. It just it just makes things easier. So when you're choosing, don't just look at the stage one and what it provides because the majority of the stage ones have like a one one one. Like it's a pretty balanced thing. They have one damage stat, one magic stat, one money stat, and then. Other ones then also have a variation of that where one is decreased and another one is increased. But for the majority, you're seeing a pretty even spread. So you need to look at the stage two to see where it actually starts moving in a different direction. That's right. Yep. Yep. I agree. And then I think the other things you can start looking at is damage or magic. And I feel that when you are going to make a decision, you need to kind of have a consistency. So you can't have one that's really good at damage, one that's really good at magic, and then one that's really good at money. I find if you spread it too far, you're kind of caught in between too many different places and you may find yourself coming up short. So it's nice to actually have a decision to be made that's like, okay, I'm going to actually lean into magic. So I'm going to choose these two that have a pretty good magic stat because I, I feel like their class abilities can help do x like that's that's sometimes a way you can take a route and sometimes it'll be the money stat one also provides a nice magic bump as well so you just want to be looking for the crossover between things and the reason being is when you roll dice and you have the same symbol showing you can actually capitalize on making one turn doing the most that's that's a big part of why i suggest this yeah it's huge it's huge those matching symbols um, mm-hmm. are, are very important because it, it allows you, like you were saying it to, to, you know, resolve multiple dice at the same time. So if, if you pick three spirits that all roll, you know, magic dice and, and you're looking to resolve magic symbols, you know, you're going to be able to resolve, you know, if all of your spirits are showing magic symbols, you're going to be able to resolve all three of your spirits dice at the same time. You know, whereas mm-hmm. if, if you're looking for attack on, you know, one of your spirits, magic on the other, and then essence on the other, you're spending a lot of actions to resolve those dice, you know, and every time, you know, you take an action, you pass, you know, you pass it back to your opponent, giving them an opportunity to do something, you know, to mess up your board state. So that that's just, you know, part of the action economy in the game, you know, so yeah, I, I like what you said, and I agree. You you kind of want to uh, you don't want to spread yourself too thin. You kind of want to maybe pick two symbols. So I, I'm gonna, you know, I'm really gonna focus on attack, and then I'm I'm kind of gonna secondarily focus on you know getting essence when I need it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I agree. And then another thing that I also really like when you're considering choosing your spirits beyond just those stats is do they have a second class when they go to stage two because then you could actually really double down on your magic stat ability and have an overlap so in the demo you have a ocelot or it's the stage two bink stage one and then you also have flip fin which becomes a stage two electric water class. So that means you now suddenly have this indirect damage overload on one side. And if you're using the demo, getting to to see the class overlap and the ability to use those 
those class abilities and doubling down on your magics was doing even more like same on the other side you have uh the that you're going to get the double fire stat going and that mm-hmm. means that you can put more burn tokens so the way the demo is set up is it very much supports being able to see this strategy take place if you choose the overlapping qualities you're going to see them come into great effect which is which is really nice so that's another thing to consider is do you want to have an overlapping class ability between your spirits so it's not just the stats you can consider it's do i have an overlapping class because that can make all the difference yeah that's that's a huge um you know aspect that you want to take into consideration when when selecting your spirits because you may look at the zuja uh, line which is an arcane spirit and you know on the surface anyone could say well why would you ever choose an arcane spirit to be on the same team as a fire spirit who's you know you're trying to deal damage why would you ever want to mix arcane with fire but you know if you take a look at what Zuja evolves into when he evolves into Kuljan and later Ifrix, you realize that he gains the fire class through evolution. And so now all of a sudden, you don't just have an arcane spirit, but you have an arcane fire spirit who doesn't just want to mill cards off the top of your opponent's deck, but now they can burn. And so, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, the secondary classes are huge. And, and another thing that... It, you know, we've mentioned this before in the podcast, but it adds that whole layer of like splashing other uh, archetypes or, or um, you know, colors for you magic players, you know, like, so if you draft that arcane class and you choose Zuja, the arcane fire spirit, you're now, you've drafted a control class, but you're evolving into arcane fire. So you're, 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 you're still playing into the win condition of damage, but now you, all of a sudden a third of your deck is going to be control uh, control cards. So it's a way to just kind of make sure you're covering uh, all fronts, you know, so you can, you don't just, if you want to go all damage, you don't have to draft fire, electric, and, and toxic. You know, every class is going to give you options for damage, support, and control. It's true. And not only that, you also get in that spirit, particularly when you're choosing it, this is the next thing I want to talk about is don't forget to look at your spirit's ability. Yep. What it does, because Zudra has a really nice ability, which becomes control in the sense that you can then use those burn tokens to now represent a sense of control where you can control dice. So you suddenly twisted the the original purpose of a burn token to to just be damage related and now it actually provides dice control for you to help remove some dice if need be that are going to be problematic so it it adds this next level of decision making and complexity to your turns because there are some amazing abilities that each spirit has so so you kind of have to do a process where I, the way I just described it in this episode, I find is my personal best way of looking at it is make sure your stats are balanced because those are the things that are going to always exist. And then from there, decide if you want to go on a class overlap or is it a spirit's actual ability it brings to the table for you to help the game plan you want to lean into. Yep. 
uh, the the abilities are kind of where like the real synergies and the combos really start happening. And you know, just to clarify, abilities by abilities, I mean like the the abilities. What you're referring to, the abilities that are printed on the spirits, not the class. They're abilities. individualistic. Yep. So like those abilities that are printed on the spirits cards, that's where the real you know synergies start happening. Um, and so that's like a huge component. Again, you know, very important when you're choosing your spirits. So like you know, you could look at Tai Chomp who. Um, now, I, you know, I, I want to say this, I, anything we're talking about right here, especially when it comes to abilities, are su- is they're all subject to change because we're still de- developing the game. So um, things may change in the final, you know, version of the game uh, as far as these abilities go. But like if at you the end of the, the day, type- they're still going to all have abilities that are unique and provide an extra level of complexity and decision making within the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if we look at the tie chomp line, their um, their ability reads. Uh, I, I don't remember exactly, but basically, after you resolve, I have it in front of me. It says, oh, after ahead. enemy spirit is attacked, you may discard the top card of your deck. If it was a fire card, burn one that enemy spirit. Yep. And so what that means is you're getting extra value out of your attack dice if you can flip over uh, cards, fire cards off your deck. And so the reason why that's important is because when you draft a spirit like Zuja, who is an arcane spirit, and he evolves into an arcane fire spirit, his special cards, now this is going to get a little (laughs) big brain, but just, you know, bear with me. I know it's hard to keep up with some of this stuff because it's not visual, but basically his special cards are, they're, they're like a dual, they're dual class cards as well, so... His special cards are arcane and fire. So the reason why that's important is because when you, if, if Tai Chomp is in your team and you can add uh, your other two spirits are also fire class spirits. Now, all of a sudden you've increased the amount of fire cards that are in your deck, which means you've increased the likelihood of triggering Tai Chomp's ability. So, uh, you know, that's all, you know, all that plays a big part in how you're building your team. You know, if you look at, you know, the Binks line, it says every time you play an electric card, zap one your opponent. Well, if you can add spirits to your team that are electric spirits like Flipfin, who's a water spirit, but he evolves into a water electric spirit, his special cards are going to be water electric, which in turn, again, increase the likelihood of you triggering Binks's ability. So it's it's all about those synergies and combos. And one one fun fact, if people are wondering, is uh, when you have Tai Chomp, you do want to get the Arcane class to go with it. Like that's a natural pairing because of the fact that if your opponent gets the Arcane class, they can actually use your own ability against you because then you're milling yourself technically as well. And you don't want like I remember there's a game when you and I played where you actually didn't want to use Tai Chomp's ability because you realized yep. that I'm going to actually get you to your goal faster. So that's another interesting decision that exists within the game here. So it's uh, it's really fun. And, and there, there are a lot of decisions to be made in this game like that where there are cause and effects that exist. And that's what's going to make this so rich in terms of you're going to have a different play experience every time if you draft different spirits and go with different classes 
each time and pairing them together. There's just so many different things that created this really rich overlap that you'll get to experience when you play Spirit Duels. That's right. Yep, totally. Tai Chomp, yeah, he's... <laughs> yeah, he's he's weak to that mill. So, you know, pairing him up with Arcane, you know, means your opponent's not playing Arcane, so you can freely use his ability a bit more. Yeah. Um, I love it. I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. We just wanted to give you a little bit more of the strategy, and we're, and we're going to be kind of rolling along with this sort of concept and giving you a bit more into the meat and potatoes of of the game in terms of the way you can go about playing it. And uh, yeah, we just hope you enjoy this. I mean, we're at the point now where we can say that you will have this game in your hands if you've backed it. So I hope you're tuning in to get some strategy and advice on how to best utilize the game once it's at your disposal. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Until next time, hope you have a fantastic week. And thank you to everyone who has backed the game. Don't stop now. Let's let's reach for the heavens with this. Uh, Keep on providing support keep on sharing it we still have that stretch goal the social stretch goal and that doesn't need to stop now so just keep sharing keep pledging keep doing whatever you can to just get behind this because daniel i know really appreciate appreciates it and so do i yep absolutely have a good one you've been listening to the spirit duels podcast to become part of this game join us in our discord link in the show notes